Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. Spring is on the way. Spring has sprung. What are you and the Mrs. Sea Captain coaching up to? Any travels in your near-term plans? I would imagine since you know we're both from the Midwest and since now you're on the East Coast, you probably get a lot of, of visitors. Does your dad ever call you uh, Mr. East Coast? My dad, <laughs> uh, when my brother moved to Los Angeles, my, my dad immediately started calling my brother Mr. West Coast. He was responsible yeah. for an en- entire coastline. It's what Midwestern people do, you know, yeah. um, is, Fly over uh, country. Pe- yeah, I might as well live in Europe, um, <laughs> because living in the East and, uh, now I'm in Rhode Island. I was in Connecticut, but my dad got to a point where he said, you know, I'm not coming up to see you anymore, son. And I go, why is that? He says, I really don't like flying East West. I like flying more. <laughs> I like flying North South better. And oh, okay. I know I had the same reaction. I'm like, <laughs> you're kidding me, aren't you? You're, you're not really saying this to me. But, you know, people, as they get old, they say things. And so actually, this is a true story. What I did was I took a picture of myself on an airplane sitting sideways in a seat. And I said, if you do this, dad, then you're technically going north south. And <laughs> he looked at me. He sent me back. He says, I get your point. But no, we're in Florida part of the year, so spring is okay. kind of already there. I feel like I'm cheating, but we're also in Rhode Island, the other half. So right now, most of my travel is I'm going out to California soon. I'll be in Utah, and awesome. then I'll be in Cleveland. March is a big travel month for me, and the spring is a big travel month uh, or travel yeah, yeah. Uh, scene. I like to get out and see people. Um, sure. As I've shared before, an extrovert, I I just get a tremendous energy from seeing people doing cool stuff. Yeah. And everybody seems like they're relaxing back into it, hopefully. A little at a time. It's still tough on the airlines, Uber, you know, yeah. the masks are tough. But outside of that, uh, it's really pretty, uh, uh, it's opening up. It's nice. All right. So let's let's talk about the Sea Captain Way Today, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, we're going to talk about what you call a mission-driven day. Mm-hmm. So I know everybody's heard about a mission-driven companies, uh, and your coach, your clients to take the same approach in their personal life. How do you help your clients go about determining you know, their personal mission, if you will? Well, to stay on this lighthouse metaphor, which we've been talking about, mission is about your light shining out. And it's based on how you serve others. Okay. You hear that phrase, servant leader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, companies have missions. They put them together. They use them to drive people to their brand. It's a mantra that if well done and reinforced, you can live it. What I focus on in coaching is each individual having their own mission-driven day. You know, what is that thing that when you put your head on the pillow at night, you say, I served. Here's how I served others. 
and it can be pretty subtle. In fact, I'll share a little bit about my mission a little later because it it really will help you through some tough times. Because what we tend to do when we have adversity is we start thinking about ourselves and thinking about, you know, our fears come up, our risks come up, and and our choices uh, get enhanced and acute, and we start to think about uh, ourselves. So what does that mission-driven day look like, and how can we live it every day, which in turn keeps us focused on the people that we serve. Yeah, I would. You use the the term being present as something that I know you place importance on. Could you expand on that a little bit about what you mean by that? Sure, sure. And and I've been trained in presence coaching, hmm. so in my certification, that was a big opportunity. And there are a couple of layers of being present, and there is some technique involved. I think instinctively, I'm present most of the time. And then I, because I retain things that people say, how they say them, why they're saying them. And based on technique and learning, because I work with a listening coach for 15 years, I'm able to repeat back what I've heard, how they may be feeling in it, then sharing a viewpoint if if they're comfortable based on that experience. And yep. sometimes I'll share with people, Greg, sometimes I'll share with people that I can only imagine what you went through there because I've not had the experience. And so one of the gifts of working with a listening coach is to not rush to judge, not rush to share my point of view, but to help people uh, move through the issues they have by just staying with them, asking good questions, and asking what choices they have in the situations they're in. Mm -hmm. So when you mentioned your certification, you're talking about, I know you went to the Brown School of Professional Studies. I did. Um, as part of your coaching training, why, what, what was the, why did you, was that important to you to get that kind of a certification? Thanks for asking. I knew that I was pretty instinctively good at coaching because I have, you know, you can't do anything for 30 years and not have some level of skill. Okay. Sure. But I didn't want to just be instinctively good at it. I wanted to be technically strong. And so I joined program ACT uh, through the Brown School of uh, Professional Studies and worked on this part of my game. Learned a lot, more than I thought. You know, I'll admit I went in initially more for the certification, but boy, did I take a lot out of it. And some of the things I shared just a minute ago uh, were things I learned about staying present and how that helps others in a profound way as they're determining their direction. Yeah. Um, it's not about me in this endeavor. Uh, and I, I tell people like, coach, if you ever feel that this conversation's about me, then I would fire me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I know you brought a couple people that you met into that, uh, in that program on board as coaches, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was so impressed with their, uh, achievements, their skill level, 
I, uh, we developed a group where we just talked about coaching yep. and, and, and then they decided to, uh, join the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time with my clients, helping them create their mission statement. And it's always time well spent in it. You know, it serves as a springboard to conveying, you know, value that they provide in, you know, almost every aspect of their business to prospective clients. One of your clients told me uh, he starts every day by reading his mission statement as a way to kind of get his bearings on his true north for serving his clients. Uh, and I, th- I thought that was interesting and, and shows the, you know, that he's the value that he sees in it. Why do you think that would be a valuable exercise to start your day, you know, by, you know, getting your mission statement in Red, front of you? Yeah. Get it in front of you. Well, first of all, shameless plug for trade wins marketing because you do <laughs> you do a masterful job here um uh, to know greg Patton is to know that he is a terrific writer and he can make a mission pop off the page and that's a as you found an important exercise um that not everybody is skilled in doing but you do a great job of presence coaching there because you take what's important to them and you put it on paper for them or mm-hmm. on their website or whatnot. But to, to your question, you, what to read a mission every day is done more than you think it's done, but is it done in a structured way? Mm-hmm. Whether you're, you know, whether your faith is part of a mission, whether your family is part of a mission uh, your mission, whether your goals are part of your, uh, not so much goals, but in other words, your pursuits are part of your mission. Um, you're probably doing a version of that every day. Mm-hmm. Now, what I find is when people do it in a structured way, because I'm a kind of a structure freak, mm-hmm. okay? You either are disciplined in something or you set up a structure to achieve. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're reading that mission or some people uh, call it a purpose statement, you just find yourself in a position of clarity and power, personal power. And you start to take a look at, you know, if I don't make this about me, but I go at every day focused on others, focused on customer, client, focused on family members, mm-hmm. then at the end of the day, I just find myself being very, very clear in what it is that I set out to do. And so just a helpful reminder every morning, every evening. And, uh, you know, certainly if you, if you had moments where you weren't strong there, forgiveness, self-forgiveness, mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. helpful. But it's uh, but successful people take this very seriously and they do it consistently. Yeah, I thought you made a, a great point. Um, you know, I, we worked together a little bit on some of your training curriculum, and in your training curriculum on helping people, you know, figure out their mission statement. You mentioned that when you were younger, your mission statement was kind of you know convoluted or maybe a little complex, and yeah. you found more value in making it a little more simple. Well, I didn't own it uh, okay. flat out. And I talk to people all the time. I say, tell me about your, your mission. And they say, well, l- let me get it out of, uh, out of the file. 
or let me pull it up for you. Eh, not good enough. Um, and, and yet that's pretty common. And I was guilty of that really until I was 45, I was guilty Mm. of it. It really took me getting punched so many times where I started to question, uh, this was in my leadership journey, getting punched a few times to, to realize, you know what, what do you really stand for here? What are you really trying to do? And, uh, I was really, really at a low point in my career development. Interestingly enough, those were the three years around that time where I also didn't have a coach, which is interesting. From the time I was really 25 till now, I still have a coach I work with. Um, There were three years where I didn't. And so I really stared down the abyss of why, why am I not at the peak of performance? Why am I not strong here? And I said, okay, so if my career changes or ends, Mm -hmm. what would I do every day? Okay. Regardless of ego, taking ego out of the question, taking income out of the question, taking uh, power out of the equation. And I came up with four things. And the first one was, and I operate this way every day ever since. First thing. Meet somebody new. I get up every day to meet somebody new. I don't care if it's a person who's waiting on my table mm-hmm. at dinner. I will meet them. I'll know their story. Um, it annoys the heck out of my kids, but I will know them <laughs> by the end. You know, that uh, <laughs> that uh, commercial, the progressive commercial with that with that coach there talking about people becoming their father. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Talk, you don't, you don't need to know the waiter's name. Right. <laughs> um, I disagree with that. It's hilarious. And yeah, uh, but I don't, yeah. uh, but I yeah. do. Well, you know, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, he, when he made the big time and was going to do a, sh- a, a show at the Chicago theater said, first thing his dad said, where are all those people going to park? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, those those are classics, uh, great yeah. great commercials, and I know you're a former ad guy, so you appreciate right. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I interrupted. Fir- I'm sorry. You were talking about the four, you know, your four things you yeah you know, make as part of your mission, and meeting someone new every day is number one. What are the others? First of all, I love it when you interrupt me because uh, everything you say is always funnier than me. But um, <laughs> the first one is uh, is uh, here uh, is meet somebody new. Yeah. Secondly is hear their story. I can't get enough out of hearing somebody's story. All the things that they've been through, what they the adversity they've faced, the victories they've had. Um I, I enjoy that uh and I enjoy the the third piece which is helping them put their puzzle together. Life's puzzle. Cuz it's a pretty mm-hmm. complex life we lead for sure. for all of us, right? And help them put it together. And then the last piece is of my mission is walk with them to their destination. Now, notice I didn't say direct them to their destination. I didn't even say, here's the destination you, you should go to. I see a lot of speakers and coaches that say, this is the destination you should take, mm-hmm. not the way I approach it. This is about their destination. Mm-hmm. And then walking with them, I to use a visual or a metaphor, uh, more of a visual, um, it's like I'm walking along a lake with them. We're side by side. Mm-hmm. I'm not in front of them. 
I'm not behind them. We're side by side and they're telling me what their destination is. Those are the four things that I do now every day. Um, I did it as a, as a leader in my organization till that ended. And I continue to do that as a, as a, an executive coach. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. There's a lot of empathy in that. And it's, you have a lot of self-awareness because from the outside, you know, I'm, you know, the people that we know that we're our group, you know, from back in the day, it was always Bender's killing it. You know, we just, you were always seemed like you were on top of your game. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting to me how you are, you know, keep it real, you know, um, you're, you're able to keep things in perspective. And I will say, you know, from my personal experience, um, a couple of years ago when I was going through, uh, you know, a, a job transition, I was, you know, stressed, you know, I was in a, um, you know, trying to figure out what direction I was going to go. And I reached out to you and you used those words. I'd never heard someone say that. And you said, I'm going to, I'm going to walk with you through this. And that really, you know, that gave me a shot in the arm, like you wouldn't believe. And it really, you know, that, that show of confidence was just incredible. And uh, I can see how it, you know, you're so successful in taking that approach with your client that you're, you've got to be spending a lot of your personal energy, you know, helping all, pulling all these people, you know, helping them move forward. Well, first of all, thanks for saying that. You touched me when you said that. Oh, because the net result of that discussion, I remember the day we had oh, it, yeah. was now you owning and running your own firm. Right. And uh, and because that was your vision, right? Yeah. And, and so that's what makes this exciting is, sure. is how do you help people walk through the dark, walk through the dark place and come out, um, know that they're okay. And probably over time, better. Yeah. Um, but we get stuck. And and you just gave a great example of yeah. why every day, why I do this. Um, yeah. Well, I, you so, know, I'm not a risk taker. That. I'm not a risk taker by nature. But, uh, you know, you made me brave. I told Shep, a, a friend of ours who's a colonel in the Marines, I said, I'll take Phil Bender in my foxhole every day of the week, dude. You know, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, really value that. Oh, thanks. Um, so let me Appreciate kind it. of move on here a little bit. So in your in your training, um, I know you have an, an an exercise where you ask your clients to draw on a time of their life where they were experiencing success and felt a sense of purpose as a source of inspiration for developing their mission statement. Why do you think that's important to kind of pull from that well of when you were, you know? at the height of your powers, if you will? Well, we take a look at different elements. Uh, let me give you an example with regards to that. Okay. Peak performance. You know, you're talking about what was a time in your life where you operated at peak? It's almost like you couldn't do anything wrong. And when I ask people that question, most of them, interestingly enough, go back to their childhood or potentially early parts of their career where they didn't feel as if they had risk. It was just a focus. Interestingly enough, 
they usually had a coach or a teacher or they had a boss that was com- completely immersed in their success. Mm-hmm. And, and so what were those times? You know, I've, I had, I can go back and I could say there were four times in my life where I have been so laser focused that I was able to achieve certain things and I can attach a mentor, teacher, or coach to every single one of those achievements. And so first it's about figuring out where that attachment is Mm -hmm. and then saying, what did they do for you? You know, what was the, what was the message they gave you? Most of them will say it wasn't, it wasn't as much what they told me to do. It was the fact that they really just helped me gain confidence and grow and walked with me, just mm-hmm. like you stated a few minutes ago. Um, but as we grow older and, and in some cases establish financial success, we are less apt to take those risks because of our obligations. But in my opinion, everybody who succeeded in some way wants to show somebody else the way. That's and cool. and that's the mission piece. And I'm just very blessed that I get to do it on such a large scale. Mm-hmm. But one last point here. I think everyone that I coach will tell you it's not a one-size-fits-all endeavor. Not with me anyway. They, I will know the unique things they're trying to do. And even though I do a very large volume of coaching now, a lot of workshops, groups, talks, um, everybody in the room still believes that I am walking with them. Sure. Yeah, well, that was one of the things that struck me after we reconnected after not seeing each other um, for so long was I went to you know the Sea Captain Coaching website and there's the testimonials. You know, there are literally 30 of them of all the, you know, people that you've helped in different aspects of their career. And yet even these are salespeople, many of them, but it it's how you're, you know, it also impacted their personal life and their family. And um, I just think that's fantastic the way you've been able to um, kind of share your success and show other people, you know, the way to, to having that kind of opportunity. Yeah, and you're starting to make me blush here. So you better <laughs> you better quit bragging on me I so thought, much. I Steve. thought you were you were going teeing yourself up for the 350 pound bench press story. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's because uh, I can bench press 350 pounds if I bench press 120 pounds. You know, three times. Three times. <laughs> well, you yeah, you know, you're yeah. starting to you're starting to make this sound like. Uh, like a marketing piece and uh, no, no. Well, that's like what this, I do. So I, you know, I'm yes, just you to, do. To, to, you don't keep your light under a bushel basket <laughs> bender. Um, yeah. So I know we're getting close to wrapping. I've got just a couple more things I wanted to cover. Um, I know with, for your clients, you often suggest that they they kind of do the Simon Sinek thing and they include their why, you know, as part of their mission statement. I think he calls it the golden circle. Yeah. Um, why do you think it's, how, why is that? Do you think a critical component of the, of the mission statement, your why? Well, it's, it's just a sense of purpose, 
sense of clarity as to when things don't go my way in a particular day that I don't derail. And so clarity about what is the bigger picture here? You know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm a servant leader, but I'm also very conscious of the fact that I need to, the commitment needs to be not just to those I serve, but also to self. You know, in other words, I'm not going to grow people at the expense of me. I'm going to grow people to grow me. And, and so when you get that clarity as to why you're doing it, especially now that my kids are grown, okay, sure, and I don't feel that sense of uh, coaching on a ball field or uh, coaching in that space anymore, I, I'm able to really benefit from the fact that I take, take my act on the road, if you will, <laughs> okay, yeah. and yeah grow new people. I don't care who it is. You call me, I will have a conversation with you about growth. I might not take you on as a client. I might direct you to one of our other coaches, but I will have a conversation with you about growing and why that's important. And that mission is critical for me. And that clarity in my why has just made my career pursuit so valuable. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I know we're trying to we're going to wrap here, but one last question is: um, How would how do you get individuals to take responsibility for pursuing like a team vision? How do you get uh, their the people to buy in? Well, first of all, I'm so glad you brought this up because we talked a little bit about empathy early on, yeah. and there's always a risk with coaching uh, or mentoring where your empathy becomes sympathy. And the difference, of course, is with empathy, they take their problem or their pursuit back at the end. Sympathy means I start to carry their pursuit. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that I can at times struggle with. Okay. And so sure. as, as you're working on those types of uh, pursuits with people, you know, what, what is, uh, what's it really important to them? What are they trying to really achieve? Mm-hmm. And what are the road hazards that are could potentially be in the way? How do they derail? You know, one of the things we talked about earlier about uh, about uh, peak performance. Is why did why does it end if it's so good? Mm-hmm. And it and you feel so good about it. Why does it end? Okay. Why can't it stay? together. Well, some of it has to do with the fact that once you master something, you tend to move on. That could sure. be one. Could be a distraction that comes gets in the way. Um, and it could be just a new vision where you got to take risks in a different direction. So there's a lot there's a lot of layers in that uh, process yeah. and and our coaches and I we focus on on making sure that we're present that we do have experience and every once in a while I'll consult, you know, I'll say, you sound like you're stuck here. Could I give you some thought around this? So we'll do some of that work. Yeah. Um, but all in, all in, it's, it's just about yeah. making sure that, uh, that they are getting to the place they want to get to. Awesome. 
So we've got one more uh, bonus item, I think, before we wrap is I understand you're going to do a foreigner cover for us. Is that true? <laughs> well, foreigner cover covers a bit of a stretch. Um, but as many people know with me, I am a, um, I just have this weird brain thing where I can write a song parody in about 30 minutes. So a, a kind of a weird Al thing. And, uh, and I like to tie them into the themes that I'm working on. I've done this throughout my career. And, uh, and so, yeah, I thought we'd end on one of these today. All uh, right. It's, it's Foreigner. The, the song is Urgent. Okay. All right. So, well, so if well, you want to f- follow along, because I'm not playing music, I'm doing this acapella. Yeah. All right. Off you go, as Simon Cowell says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't screw it up. Now I got to get the song in my head. Every day you have found you live to serve. It's how you were bound. No giving up. Can't let down their interest. Continues to compound. Got support in your brain. Shining bright. And you don't feel a strain. Your presence is insane. You feel good when your customers gain, but sometimes you wonder as you look in their eyes, maybe the best you fail to provide, but you know in your heart, if you treat them right, you can put your head on the pillow at night. It's your mission, clear mission. Not no mission, 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 mission. You will see how powerful clear mission can be. It's mission, 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 mission. <laughs> Love so, it. Hold yeah, on, I gotta go find my headband. I'll I be got right it. back. I started out a little flat on it, but uh, but I think no. you got the you got the point. And so uh, always fun to do those things and keep it light. Yeah, stuck the landing. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Hey, you bet. Greg, thanks again. See you soon. All right, bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey.